Hi, everyone. This is Denise Brown, your host of Your Caregiving Journey, a talk show that helps you as you help family members and friends. It is Monday, March 5th. It's 1 p.m. Central Time, and we're live out of Chicago. Your Caregiving Journey is also part of our Caregiving Podcast Network, and you'll notice in the next few weeks that we've got more podcasters who are introducing their own podcasts. And if you've ever wanted to have your own podcast, you are welcome to join our Caregiving Podcast Network. You'll find information about it on caregiving.com. You can also reach out to me, Denise at caregiving.com, and I'd be happy to give you the specifics. If you have a caregiving experience or if you're currently in a caregiving experience and you feel like you have a great idea for a podcast, we'd love to include you in our network. Okay, I think we're going to get right into today's topic because I love our guest who's joining us this morning, this afternoon. So Marty Hannon is one of our certified caregiving consultants, and her caregiving experience began when she was a teenager when she started caring for her mom. Hi, Marty. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Denise. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So you are one of the young family caregivers whose Mm. experience really did shape your career choices. At the time, though, I would imagine it was, well, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Just tell us, when you were were taking care of your mom, did it feel to you like it was a life-changing experience for you? Hmm. Hmm. To say the least, yeah, I, I, I felt like my world had been turned inside out, upside down, and then shattered. And then I had to find a new direction and a new way of living, a new identity. And and there's a lot that shows for motherless daughters, especially it's hard to find that way after the loss of a mother when you're in your teens. Um, but thankfully, because I had been her one of her primary caregivers, I did have a purpose. I did have a passion, and I knew I could do it because of my experience with her. And it, it wow. it's affected everything I do, absolutely everything I do. We had a conference yeah. call recently. I think it was with our podcast um, network where one of the podcasters was talking about how caregiving becomes a legacy. And what was so interesting is that you followed up and said that what you do now is really a legacy to and for your mom. Yeah. So how how do you think your mom looks down on you and sees what you've done and what you've achieved and what you've become? How do you think she feels about it? That, wow, Denise, that brought tears to my eyes. Um, Let me just start by saying that this year's 25th anniversary of her diagnosis and, uh, and her transitioning, Unto heaven. So this is a significant year to be able to share her legacy. Um, It's been building. I feel like everything I've done in helping others, in standing beside families, in comforting the the people in trauma and suffering and crying and and just being there present in the midst of, of painful situations, I know my mom is looking down on that, beaming. And, and, feeling that love, her love, and, you know, is a gift that I can give to others, that out of my pain, 
that they can have some someone to help them come alongside them. You know, there's a the, I always believe that God turns everything that was meant for bad in our lives, everything painful, into something beautiful if we choose to allow that to happen. And, you know, losing my mom was ultimately one of the most painful things that I've ever had to go through. And taking care of her was a beautiful privilege, a difficult, painful privilege. But I have been had the privilege now of 25 years of helping others along their painful journey. And I know my mom would be delighted. She was a she liked to speak and encourage and she wrote newsletters and she she would make sure people had games and 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 crafts when they would come and hang out with us and essentially she raised me to be who I am because you know, I'm a recreational yeah. therapist. I do all those things. And she so I'm continuing in her footsteps in my faith in the way I interact with people, bringing joy and hope and encouragement. So I know she is thrilled, and she helps to bring people to me you know that that need a little support and encouragement. yeah I think that sometimes people will put rules on us about how our life is and what it becomes. And I'm wondering if someone tried to put a rule on you when you were taking care of your mom that you were too young to do it. Hmm. Yes. You know, it was, it's interesting because I've been thinking a lot about this. And, um, you know, at first, you know, I talked in a podcast last week about the freshman stage of taking care of my mom when we were trying to figure out what, life look like how um, how she wanted me to still be a teenager you know 16 and she wanted me to be going to the movies she was trying to instill hope all around us but ultimately what I I only wanted to be home I wanted to be with her I didn't want to be with my friends that was not the time Uh, I didn't care about movies I didn't care about any of it I just wanted to be there with her and that was the most precious thing for me and I could do it she didn't want me to have to do it she didn't want me to be the one wiping her um after going to the bathroom she didn't want me to sacrifice my my youth for her but ultimately she was really glad I did and she was able to give me such a beautiful blessing before she passed away in that final few weeks she we had some really deep deep moving conversations and one of them she spoke that that um she didn't realize that I had it in me to do this. And she was sorry she had underestimated me because I had wanted to be a nurse. That's what I wanted. And she had discouraged me. And she regretted that. And she said that of everybody in the family that I couldn't have handled myself better than anyone else. And she was so glad that I took care of her and she knew that I was going to go on and take care of many, many others. And it was such a blessing for her to acknowledge that I had this ability to do that and that she was proud of how I've helped her, you know, and blessing her. And and so it it instilled in me this passion that I can do this. I can. And and no one's going to tell me I can't. (laughs) I am going to change the world. I've said that emphatically on many occasions when somebody said, "Um, no, that's not possible. We're all too busy. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. We're going to change. We can do this. And ultimately, I mean, we had even dis- discussed me not going to school my junior year um, in case she didn't pass away. And she passed away two weeks before my junior year. 
And, you know, my family was not happy about that, my sister. Everybody was very upset at the thought that I was throwing away my high school years um, to be with my mom. But, again, I wouldn't have been at school. I wouldn't have been present in that moment. It would have been, my mind would have been at home with her and wondering if she was okay, if she was scared. And, you know, there's no sacrifice too great for those 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 places, those spaces, when you can be with that person you love and know that they're never going to be there again in person. you got to take them. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear your perspective because I think when you have a child who's affected by caregiving, you wonder how the child is impacted by caregiving. What's interesting mm-hmm. is you've been able to articulate that what it was is that it felt like people were trying to take you from your mom in their own well-meaning way. And what you wanted was to be with your mom and that that was the best activity for you. That was your time best spent was to be with your mom. And looking back, of course, of course that was the time that you wanted to spend. It was important for you to be with her, to make every moment meaningful and powerful and memorable. And it's, it's interesting it's because – oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> it's, no, go it's interesting it. because so many times over the years I've met families who want to protect their children, right, and who want to keep truth from them. But the reality is is the kids know there's something really wrong, and they're frightened. And they don't know how to deal with this, and they're not able to function normally. They're having issues at school. They're having rebellious acts coming out there's all kinds of different ways they're expressing it because they don't know what's going on and they don't know how to deal with the fear that's rising up because things are not right and we have to you know for my family you know we came to terms of that it was important for me to be part of that process Um, and I'm so grateful that I was allowed that because no matter what I was going to lose my mom no matter what it was going to be horrible (laughs) And But at least I have something really beautiful from that experience that if they had tried to shelter me from that, I wouldn't have. And then it would just be discouragement of losing my mom and not giving me hope to help others. And I also think it would have been easy for you to resent that that time that could have been spent with your mom wasn't. Yes. Yeah, there's so many beautiful stories shared. You know, we've talked a little bit about how at the end um, I shared with her that, you know, there was a beautiful moment where she wanted me to write down who to give all the different items she had made over the years, which grandkids would get what. So she really personalized it. And that is one of the most precious gifts that I have, one of the most precious memories, that moment where I wrote those that those simple mm-hmm. things down and we both cried and cried and cried and I shared with her that the funeral arrangements were made already and she changed everything to be her and the moment of seeing the woman that she was because I, I didn't have the opportunity as an adult to be able to see who she was but you grow up pretty fast when you're doing caregiving and I had a glimpse into who she was and I, I would I would not have wanted that taken away from me. I needed that. I'm so glad to have those moments. One of the hard things is for me and has been over the years is the fact that when we got the call from my mom that 
the last week she was in um, a nursing home at that time and sharing a room with three people and two other people, I'm sorry. And uh, we got the call and my, it was 5.30 in the morning and my dad uh, leaves to go to the hospital and I wanted to go. I wanted to go with him. And he did not want me to experience the final hours of my mom's time here. He, he wanted that me not to be exposed to that. So he went on to the facility by himself, and I sat at home by myself. And I would have rather been there with him. And I, it was very hard for me over the years seeing families all being together in the final days of their loved one's life at the hospital, at the nursing facility, comforting each other, crying together, knowing that that was a precious gift that I didn't get, you know, those final final times, and, and, and being alone in that. So he did his best to preserve me and, and keep me safe, you know, and he really did do that, trying to do his best. But in the end, what I wanted was just to be with him there with her. And in the being, you're helpful. I think when you're not there, you feel that helpless feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's really That's interesting to hear you talk about yeah, right, and not not mm-hmm. feeling helpful. And I think we all want to feel helpful. And when you were talking about your mom sharing her wishes with you and you're sitting there writing them down, that's a moment where you truly were helping your mom. And that's a powerful moment. And if we don't mm-hmm. know the truth, if we're, we're not allowed to understand what's really going on, it's hard for us to be helpful. And that's when we feel helpless. And then I think it's easy to go into hopelessness because we can't do anything we can't make a difference yeah and we can be there in real truth together like we were able to cry together we both were feeling the same pain fear worry for the future and we're trying to shield it from each other and and in that moment all barriers came down and that emotion was expressed and and supported together instead of trying to carry it by ourselves we are not meant to carry yeah. that kind of emotion. By and so often the families I encounter do not want to talk about these things. They want to be brave for one another. And I, I just can constantly am encouraging people to, to lower those defenses and be the one to open and start having those, pain, those scary conversations and involving the children in the final days to create those beautiful memories and get over, you know, work toward um, walking through that fear together, knowing that this person needs needs those barriers on so they can express what's on their mind. Yeah, because yeah, our imagination creates a much worse reality than what the reality is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how... How do you think you ended up where you are today in such a wonderful career where you help families, you help family caregivers, you're a certified caregiving consultant, you're a certified ageless grace educator, you're a CNA, you're a certified therapeutic recreational therapist. I mean, (laughs) you're awesome. What was it that got you to today, do you think? Um. determination and it's interesting because you know I'm the first child first of my siblings to go to college 
And so my mom, losing my mom opened up a whole new possibility of the world because what I expected to happen did not happen. Okay, My life stopped existing in the way you dream of it. So it was un, uncharted territory. So I continued each day to walk in the steps that were open to me. So I knew I wanted to provide care. I ended up going to class for becoming a, um, getting into healthcare, And I just walked through those open doors. And each person I helped was helping my mother. It was helping my family. It was comforting um, myself when I'd be holding a family sobbing. And then it led from, you know, that authentic sharing of, of pain goes far and takes, took me down this adventure of wanting to be a nurse first and then I – had a bad back injury, and in my mid late twenties, I I had to stop and say, okay, God, where do you want me? What do you want me doing in life? Because I can't be nursing is obviously not going to work. And um, recreational therapy was presented. My dad came up with the idea. He's like, either be a kindergarten teacher or an activity director. And immediately, that when he said activity director, everything came in alignment as to how I wanted to what I wanted to do with my life. And it all went smoothly from there. I got my Bachelor's of Science and became a therapeutic rec specialist, which I love because it's all about problem solving to help people overcome barriers in their life. And we use games and activities to do that, or we, we tap into people's interests and help adapt the world so they can still pursue those interests. And it's it's opened up a huge audience to me. I've worked with people in special needs populations in the community, psychiatric care, in um, therapeutic uh, rehab centers, and I've been uh, director of life enrichment in, in places. And I've had such beautiful experiences being able to help problem solve situations with families and with the, the organizations I've worked with so we can have a better outcome, a little bit better situation in the midst of the crisis come together and find solutions and it's working with you know the combination of being a nurse's aide and the rec therapist has served very well in having those difficult conversations and you could add that my personal life story it's it's just the perfect scenario for where i'm at today 25 years later over you know 23 of those working in healthcare, and just slowly getting to the point where it's you know, I have a mission, I have a vision, and I have a passion and purpose to stand beside families and those and professionals who provide the care. So they can find their own reason to keep going in the midst of painful places, that they can recognize the trauma families are going through. They can find empathy in the middle of the situation and find ways to connect with one another. I long to bring that joy and love to each interaction with the, the person they're providing care to. But that means that it, that person who's providing care needs to be find love and joy for themselves in the midst of the painful situation and get filled up themselves so they can pour out onto that individual. And it's an exciting ride. Who knows where we're going to get? <laughs> yeah, and most recently you've ended up in our Certified Caregiving Consultant Training Program you took the next step and you became an educator, which means that you can present the caregiving years as a topic in workshops and seminars. And then you went to mm-hmm. the next level and now you're one of our trainers. You're going to begin training mm-hmm. individuals who want to go to our, through our certified training program. 
and you've got a training scheduled April 6th in one of the suburbs of Chicago, LaGrange Park. And the goal of the program World is Changer to... Academy. <laughs> yep, at your office, yeah. which is even greater. It's so awesome <laughs> that you have training space, and it's just a perfect fit. And the goal mm-hmm. of the program is to really train former family caregivers or healthcare professionals or other professionals who want to work effectively with family caregivers. And the training program gives insights about what the caregiving experience is like, as well as teaches basic communication school skills. And I say that they're basic, but I think that sometimes we, we minimize them. We happen to just mm-hmm. kind of overlook how important they are. But the three skills, questioning, listening, and validating, are quite powerful when you're working with family mm-hmm. caregivers because... People don't ask family caregivers questions. <laughs> People tell family <laughs> caregivers what to do, what they should do. That's not what we do. And we really validate the experience to better understand where they are, yes. which is yes. the power of the the program. Yes. I'm so excited to be teaching it and to be alongside you on your journey. I, you know, I've, I really admire your work and the website caregiving.com, and that's why I decided to take the class because as a recreational therapist, I could be a consultant, and I had World Changer Consulting, and I wanted to start World Changer Academy to t- nurture family members and um, help them develop their skills. So when I saw your model, I, I grabbed onto it because it's just so beautiful in really preparing people to not be, it's not about focusing on the caring, the one that we're providing care to. It's about focusing on the one who's providing care, preparing them, encouraging them, teaching them how to take care of themselves. And so it's a whole mind shift. And I found that the training was so effective in helping me look at it in a different way. And that's why I wanted to learn how to teach it. And um, so I can't wait for the April training. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. It's one day. What happens when you sign up to join us on April 6th is you actually watch nine modules before you meet with us on April 6th, and then we have a conversation about the material that's covered in that in those nine modules. You also tell a four-minute caregiving story, and at the end of the day, you take an exam, and then... Once you pass the exam and do a few other things, you're credentialed. You're a certified caregiving consultant. And I want to mention that the four-minute story component of the, of the day is really quite powerful. I love it. I love that we're able to pick out a moment in our caregiving experience and tell a short story that actually is really quite profound. And Marty, when you told your story, I think it was about, you know what, what was your four-minute story about when you went through the training program? Do you remember? It was, uh, was it the moment that my mom no longer remembered me, I think? I think so. I think that's what it was. Oh, In that wow. moment. Yeah, where she, that last week where she no longer recognized me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. And the trauma for her of having to lose control of her bowels and the nurse's aides having to clean her up was one of the most traumatic things for her. And how that's my why. That's my reason is to make sure I, people don't get angry and frustrated with the, the patients because they're in the most traumatic moments of their lives. That was my story, my four-minute story. 
wow, that's so true, isn't it? We we mm-hmm. we are so focused on what it means for us, and yet we lose sight of what it means to our carries, mm-hmm. regardless mm-hmm. of what our, whether the carry is a family member or a patient or a resident. Yeah. Yeah. Why well, is it important is, for you? Oh, to, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm go so ahead. sorry. I'm just no, curious. I love, I love that you tapped into your why. Why was that so mm-hmm. important for you to understand what your why is? Because the job's a hard one. It, it will take everything from you. And it took everything from me on numerous occasions in my life because um, caregivers naturally, I think, will sacrifice themselves and for the health and well-being of others. And they want to see um, others doing well. So there was many times in my life where I would set aside my own needs to help the people around me. And then as a nurse's aide, it, there were times when there was too many hours worked, I was exhausted, I was burnt out, I was frustrated, and that would show in my care. And that's when, you know, if I look down the hallway and I see a call light going off and I would get frustrated with the patient that was in that room thinking, oh, I don't want to go answer that call light again, oh, it took my breath away because I would never have wanted my mom's nurse's aide to feel that way. I would never have wanted us to experience a nurse's aide who was frustrated about coming in and providing care in the final moments of my mom's life. It was traumatic for all of us, and we needed that person present, intentional in the way they communicated to us, and, and, and finding us, helping us find joy in the midst of that awful situation and just some compassion. So I have to remember that from time to time and so I can refocus and I can live out my passion and purpose. Otherwise, this work will take everything from you, mind, body, and spirit, and then there's nothing left for you. You have to know why you're doing it. You have to be know so you can recommit each time you've fallen down and are too tired to get back up. I had a similar aha moment during a coaching call with a client who was talking about hands-on care for her mom. And the way she was talking about it was very deliberate in what she did. It seemed to me that she was truly managing her mom's care in a holding place. And the holding place is this, this, this place between earth and heaven, that our carriers mm-hmm. are not ready for the final transition. And so we take care of them in this place here on earth that's between, literally, earth and heaven. And when I mentioned that to her, that it just feels like she's just providing this amazing care in this holding place, this holding pattern, it gave her a context of her why too. And I think Mm -hmm. if we can remember that, right, that we're not frustrated at, oh, no, we have to do this again, but we're we're comforted by the idea that, oh, my gosh, this person, this gentle soul is here right now. And the best mm. that we can do for this person is lovingly care for them until it's time for them to transition to heaven. And if we can think mm. of it in that way, we are much more, as you say, I think, deliberate in how we do it. We're much more caring in our perspective. And we really, and I think ultimately, understand how important we are, that it's really not about 
the bedpan. It's about this mm-hmm. ability to to really, with great care and comfort, provide to someone who's in this really special space. I think if we if we get that, we respect that space that much more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Be- because the drudgery of the experience can lure you into that resentment. And if we can step back and think, but what am I doing? Oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm taking care of this, of this gentle soul who's here on mm-hmm. earth for just a short more time. And God has mm-hmm. tapped me to make sure that this gentle soul has what he or she needs. And wow, how lucky am I to be able to do that? Yes, and I've chosen to do this. Because it's an honor yeah. and a privilege yeah. to serve this person. Yes. 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 Yeah. And what's missing, I think, oftentimes is that we're so entrenched in a system or so worried about a process <laughs> or so worried about completing paperwork that we forget about this really important part mm-hmm. of, what we, of what we all do. Again, whether it's yes. a family member or as a professional. Well, our our 30 minutes is up, Marty. That was very fast. So we did. Really a delight. Love it. Yeah, it's just a delight to talk to you. So, let's just quickly review April 6th is our certified caregiving consultant training program. Marty is the lead trainer for this. I'll be there as well to assist Marty. We begin at 8:30 in the morning. And Marty, can you tell us where the training is going to happen? and what the, what the environment is like for the training. Sure. It's going to be happening at um, World Changer Academy, which is actually housed within St. Michael's Church in LaGrange Park. And, um, that, and the address will be on the website, but it's 531st Street in LaGrange Park. And it's a completely accessible environment, so people in wheelchairs or, you know, who need assistance can get in and out there. There's great parking um, in the parking lot there and it's there's comfortable space it's a nurturing environment and there is um, even refrigerators so you know we can pack lunch if you want or um, we'll probably provide lunch for for our students as well so it's going to be a it's a going to be a very great day and I'm I'm looking forward to hearing people's four-minute stories the students four-minute stories yeah. that's going to be my favorite part yeah it's always powerful People always just talk about these moments in time that are so amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we hope that you will join us April 6th for our Certified Caregiving Consultant Training Program. And again, your trainer is going to be Marty. So, Marty, thank yeah. you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Denise. And thanks, everybody, so much for listening. I'm Denise Brown. Be sure to stop by caregiving.com and tell us how you're doing because we always love to know. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.